So anytime you have AI-generated content, I don't care if it's written, imagery, anything, you don't want to just copy and paste and use it immediately. You got to make sure that every aspect of it is accurate. So you want to fact check things. You can ask for sources and go check if those sources are correct. You can you should legal check it, everything before you go use that in the public or in your marketing. You're listening to the Real Estate Sessions podcast, and I'm your host, Bill Risser, Executive Vice President, Strategic Partnerships with Rate My Agent, a digital marketing platform designed to help great agents harness the power of verified reviews. For more information, head on over to ratemyagent.com. Listen in as I interview industry leaders and get their stories and journeys to the world of real estate. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 366 of the Real Estate Sessions podcast. As always, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for telling a friend. Today, we have a very unique episode. I interview Craig Grant. This session was recorded at the High Tech High Touch Summit in October of 2023 at the Buffalo Niagara Association of Realtors. Yes, Jeff and Lisa, through Results Consulting, has created this one-day session. This event combines technology with, as Jeff likes to put it, ships, friendships, relationships, which lead to championships. So this interview is a session on artificial intelligence, AI, it's all the rage, Craig's in high demand around the country, speaking at associations about AI and the future of AI in the world of real estate. Let's get this thing started. I hope you enjoy my interview with Craig Grant at the High Tech High Touch Summit in Buffalo, New York. Craig, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Bill. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Well, look, we're here in Buffalo and and it's been you know wonderful talking to this crowd and, and we've been teasing them for the last few hours that we're going to talk a lot about AI and this is that opportunity. So I'm going to get this thing started right off the bat. First things first, should we be worried about our safety and security? Is, this, is AI coming to destroy us? Do you want the, the real answer or do you want me to sugarcoat it a little bit for um, the crowd? Let's go somewhere right in the middle. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, so there are some very legit concerns with AI. I'm sure you guys have heard all about the doomsday type stuff where, you know, could AI become self-aware and could it tank the stock market or start killing people or kind of like Terminator type stuff. And the reality is that is a legit concern. And even some of the biggest people working on these projects admit they know they're working on something very cool and transformative, but they also know they're working on something that could really cause all kinds of major issues. So there is some legitimacy to the fear, but at the same time, a lot of these companies are trying to build in guardrails to hopefully make that not happen. You're telling me we need we should be slightly worried, but but when look when it comes to online security and like what what Google knows about us, that cat's yeah. way out of the bag, right? Way out of the bag. Yeah, I mean, t- I mean, and you and I were talking about this. Like, it really like every decade or so, another major thing comes into the market that does this same kind of fear. You know, what I mean. You go back 25 years ago, it was just the start of the internet was going to end us all. Then it was social media was going to end us all. I mean, each kind of big movement does come with some concerns. This one, it's just evolving so rapid, rapidly that it does have some people kind of freaked out or scared. But there's no putting this back in the back. Like AI is now out in the wild. Everyone's using it, loving it. But again, hopefully some of those fears don't come to fruition. All right. All right. Well, we'll hope the good guys beat the bad guys. We generally yeah, tend exactly. to do that overall. So we just need to continue that that hope. Um, yeah, let me exactly. ask you this question. Chat GPT. Uh, I think mm-hmm. when, we th- when we talk AI, 
it's always ChatGPT because they were the first to really come to market and and have something that was free, and then now they've got a paid yep. version. But it feels like to me, it's like the Band-Aid or Kleenex of AI. It's just become generically known as ChatGPT. But yep. there's a lot of competition, right? I mean, this and it's growing. It seems like like weekly. Yeah, absolutely. I mean. And by the way, I talk about this all the time. AI has been around since any of us. I mean, it's been around for over 70 years, you know, but for the first, let's say, 69 years of its existence, we were using AI all the time without realizing it. I mean, our GPSs, like so many things are using AI, but it was always kind of prepackaged to us by a company saying, here's how to use our AI tool. What ChatGPT really did was it flipped the script and made it available to everybody to use however you wanted, whether it's creating content, whether it's figuring out your business plan, whatever, you could use it however you wanted to use it. So it did kind of break that mold and made it available to everybody. And that's why it got such big press and it, and it constantly is getting buzz. But like you mentioned, it's not the only option in town. And in fact, I mean, you look at tools like Google's Bard or Microsoft's Bing Chat, which is based on ChatGPT, but Microsoft has gone further in certain areas with it, I mean, it's definitely not the only game in town. And when I talk about AI, I always tell people, you might want to play with a couple of them and see which one you think is the best one for how you're going to use it in your business. Because ChatGPT is not the end-all be-all. I mean, in my opinion, Google Bard does some things way, way better. So does Microsoft Bing Chat. So does Jasper. I mean, there's a few options out in the marketplace that are just as good or, or if better in certain areas, and it is like they're leapfrogging each other every other day. Like every uh, every week or so, one of them makes another major advancement, another announcement of a new cool feature that makes it better than the others. And a week later, another one leapfrogs it again. Yeah. And there's also some very specific AI platforms out there that work really well with video or work really well yep. with images, right? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean... And don't be wrong, you can use ChatGPT now to do imagery. You used to have to go to Dolly to do that. But now it is being built in, integrated in the ChatGPT. But there's other image generating tools, MidJourney and Stable Diffusion, Stability, that in my opinion, create better kind of imagery than ChatGPT and Dolly have been doing. Yeah. And again, to me, it's another example of play with each one, see which one you think is the best, how you're going to use it. Yeah. For, for people here in the audience, Mike, question to you is, what is a simple way to get started? Because, you know, we're going to talk over the next 20 minutes very deep into the, the world yeah. of AI and what it can do. But if, but like many things in real estate and in, in technology in general, it can be overwhelming. So what's a simple yeah. thing someone could do just to get that first taste? I mean, to me, it's no different than any other new technology. Just get in there and play with it and don't be afraid of it. I mean, you can start off with some pretty, pretty basic prompts, have it do little things for you, like help you come up with idea generation or, you know, help you write a property description, whatever. And then you'll kind of like see just how powerful, how cool it is. And then you can continue iterating and tweaking until you really can really use it to its extent for your business. Because the reality is the the possibilities of how you can use it is limitless. I mean, you can use it for every aspect of your life and in your business these days. And just like you've been saying, like now there's companies coming out with new tools all the time to tie into these products to make them even more specific and better. Yeah, you you use the word prompt and that's going to prompt me 
Craig, <laughs> to <laughs> to go a little deeper to go a little Getting, deeper with that word because yeah. the deeper I pay the more I pay attention to what's happening in this this new world, it seems to me that the prompts really are like you must understand how to use those effectively, how to layer them upon top of each other, all these yep. amazing things you can do. But if you, it's a garbage in garbage out thing, going back to the old days of the, of, of computers, is. right? Yeah. 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 I mean, and again, that's another thing where you just have to kind of get in there and play with it and keep trying to add in a little bit more as you go until you really figure out how to do proper prompting. But the prompt is the instruction or the task you're putting into these tools to have it create something for you, whether it's a, a custom image it's generating, whether it's that property description it's writing for you, mapping out your marketing plan. I mean, again, the possibilities are, are really endless of what you can do with it. And you won't really know until you get in there, start playing with prompting. Now, the other thing is there are tools now that can, if you can't figure it out, where they've already done the prompting for you. Like there's tools like AIPRM or Chat Guide and a few others, PromptPal, where they just have libraries of thousands of prompts ready to go, where if you can't figure this out, just use one of their existing prompts. So, you know, the the whole idea, though, is, again, get in there and play, and then you'll start understanding some of the capabilities or just use a tool that already has it built in. I've heard that you can have you know, put in a, a prompt of a, a rather lengthy prompt. It's maybe it's mm-hmm. a paragraph or two. And then the result that comes out, you can say, great, now use this result in some other prompts. And then yep. you can continue really fine tuning to like this nth degree, this yep. result you're searching for. Am I right with that? Yeah. I mean, so, and that's something I teach all the time when I speak on AI is when you do an initial prompt, the first thing you can do is iterations. So in other words, you could, let's say you put in a very generic prompt and it kicks out, let's say that article for you, but you're like, you know what, this is too long. It has, it doesn't really focus on the topics I wanted to focus on. So you can go back and iterate or tweak as many times as you want. You can say, okay, this is great, but now make it shorter. This is great, but now please focus on rising interest rates or whatever it is that this thing is about. So you can tweak and tweak and tweak until you get the best possible result you're looking for. So those are called iterations. And then the other thing that I always coach, and this is where, to me, the power of the prompts gets to another level, is when you can do what are called sequences. So a sequence is when one prompt builds on a previous prompt. So an example I always give in my classes or events is your first prompt could be something like, hey, give me the top 20 ideas that I should uh, you know, blog or post about on social media for a realtor in my market trying to reach first-time home buyers. So that first prompt would kick out a list of those 20 ideas. And then your second prompt, the sequence, could be, now go write me the blog post for idea number one in that list, and idea number two, and idea number three. So the program remembers your initial prompt, and then you can build on top of it. And then once you have your, your 20 blog posts written out, then your third prompt in the series could be, now write me a 90 to 120 second video script for idea number one in the list, an idea number two, an idea number three. So like when you start understanding how you can tweak and iterate, and then you can build out sequences, this is what can really allow you to kind of map or plan out your whole year's worth of content in a one sit down session. 
Wow. Yep. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, I think that I think everyone here has got the same expression I do. It's like, wow, <laughs> not realizing how deep this could go. Yeah. Let, let me, let me ask you the, the tough question. And this is important. We have certain people in the room that will want to hear your answer to this question, but what are the compliance issues for realtor use, right? There's a few things that realtors can and can't do. Yeah. I mean, well, first of all, you got to understand the source of content in the AI databases is everything on the internet. And we all know there's a lot of false misleading and just bad information out there on the internet. And that's in the system. So you talked about the crap in crap out. Well, that's potentially in the content. So anytime you have AI generated content, I don't care if it's written imagery, anything, you don't want to just copy and paste and use it immediately you got to make sure that every aspect of it is accurate. So you want to fact check things. You can ask for sources and go check if those sources are correct. You can you should legal check it, everything, before you go use that in the public or in your marketing. And when we talk about legal checking, one very specific law that you got to be really careful of in the real estate world is fair housing. So, for example, a tool like ChatGPT or Bard doesn't know about fair housing. So if you ask it to write you a property description with infringing things in your prompt, such as perfect for a young family, it'll kick out a property description with young family in it, which would be a violation because you're talking about familial status, right? So it wouldn't know that it's creating a violating thing unless you ask it to refer to fair housing laws. So for example, you can say factoring in federal fair housing laws might write me this property description. And then it would do its best to compare the fair housing laws to your property description, make sure there's nothing offending. So that's one thing is always be careful, check everything. And AI imagery really has struggles with things like bias. So like if you ask it for a picture of, let's say, a young family, it's pretty much going to be an all white traditional family every single time. So it just kind of uses what's the most common pictures in the database to check out your new image. So in the marketing world, we have to be as representative as possible. So you got to understand that and sometimes adjust your prompts to overcome that bias. So for example, you might want to put into your prompt a young Hispanic family, Asian, African-American, whatever, or mixed if you're looking for more variety in the imagery in your marketing because it will kind of kick out stereotypes with bias. And then the there's the one biggest question when it comes to AI content, is it even legal for you to use in your marketing? And the answer is, as of right now, everything generated with AI is 100% legal and safe to use. And the reason is the US Copyright Office basically said they don't want to get involved in this. They really want the legal system to figure it out. And there are several cases that have been filed trying to sue for AI-generated content including a few cases against the copyright office. So eventually one of those cases or maybe more than one cases will play out and set a legal precedent. But until then, everything generated with AI is legal and safe to use. So run with it and love it. And by the way, very recently, both Microsoft and Google have said they will defend anyone who gets sued for AI generated content using their tools. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm going to call this next question shock and awe time. This is, <laughs> I think I'm, I've, I've been blown away by what's doable right now. Cause I would, 
talk to you or Alex or other people and say things like, well, I mean, how long will it take before we can do this? And you, your response is always the same, Craig. You go, that can be done right now. That's being done right now. So let's yeah. let's break down the different sections, if if you will. I because I, I look at video different than I do audio, different than I do say presentations or or text. You know, con- I guess yeah. all of this is content, right? In some way, shape, or form. But like for example, in the world of video, right? There is a tool out there that lets me read a teleprompter. And fixes yep. the fact that I wasn't looking at the camera. What was what's the name of that one? And 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 let's go down Descript. that path. Let's just kind of break down a yeah. few of these different things that can be done right now. Yeah. So I think I'm pretty sure the tool you're talking about is Descript. Descript can do all aspects of video creation and editing using AI. So for example, you can use it to create the video content. You could say in scene one, I want a video clip generated of a man and woman running down the beach holding hands at sunset. In scene two, I want them eating at a di- at the kitchen table. Scene three, I want them in front of a house with a sold sign. It'll generate each of those clips and basically create your video with, it, with AI. You can also use it to edit video with AI. So for example, let's say you did a three minute video recording of you speaking. Well, you can say, I want you to trim out anytime I said ums or ahs and I want you to t- you know, remove this part of the video by just editing the script and fully edit your video using AI. And what you're talking about with the eye fixing or eye tracking, they recently added that in as well. So you could be staring down at your phone, reading a script the entire time, and then the software will fix it to make sure you look, make it look like you're staring at the camera the whole way. So that's one called Descript. It's becoming really popular because it's, again, using AI just about all aspects of video editing and creation. So pretty cool one. I actually used a script myself, right, for for the audio component that it does as well, because it to be able to, yeah. to be able to take out ums and ahs and to to fix that whole piece of the podcast, you know, interview. I think is fantastic. So you know, it's Absolutely. come a long ways. I guess when I first started using it, I wasn't as happy, but like everything, every generation just gets better and better. Yeah. Yep. Let's talk about presentations. I think this is amazing, right? Agents and, and and coaches and trainers are always trying to put together the latest greatest presentation. Talk about some of the some of the tools that are out there in that realm. Well, I mean, first of all, we we really haven't talked about Canva at all. Right. Canva has become a category killer for so many things. Like I've been saying for years that it's so amazing just from the graphic design standpoint, where you can use it to build out any of your marketing materials. And last year, they added in an office suite to it where you can create Word documents and presentation slideshows and spreadsheets and everything. And then recently, they've rolled out a whole suite of AI tools. And so the one of them they've added in is called Magic Presentation, where you can basically just give it an outline. It'll build the slide deck for you using AI or just give it a topic and it'll build out a slide deck for you. So... That, I mean, that's pretty amazing. I mean, there's other ones outside of Canva, like beautiful.ai and a few others that are doing similar things. But I mean, literally, if you don't have the skill or the the whereabouts to build out your own slide decks, there's tools like Canva Beautiful that are now doing it fully for you. There's also the ability for companies, and I know there are some companies that are doing this. For example, there's some franchises that are using AI 
And it's not going out and searching the entire internet. It's only looking at the database that they're telling it to look at. So I could go to my, my, I can go to my app and I can say, tell me how many deals I've done this year and what's my commission so far. And it will just dig that out of the company business, company information and supply that back. And of course, that's going to be self-contained. It's a walled garden, right? It's only people that have the login credentials to get into that AI. I heard someone say, that why couldn't you just take some MLS data as an agent and drop it into a, a chat GPT and say, and analyze this for me and tell me how things are going. Is that possible? Absolutely. So the way tools like chat GPT and BARD work is they're scraping the whole public internet, right? Like what's out there that's not behind a login or a firewall. So typical tools like chat GPT or BARD can't you get into your MLS data unless you provide them access to it. So, for example, you can provide a link or you can provide a file and upload that, that, let's say, a PDF file of all the data and reporting and say, go through and analyze this and provide me summaries and charts out of it. So as long as you provide it the source of the material, now it has access to it, even though it's not on the public Internet. Yeah, that's I think that's fantastic. I mean, you know, you to to to. We're being told constantly, or agents are being told constantly that, hey, show that you're the expert in the area and show that you really know yeah. the local market. And now you can just generate this amazing, these amazing results from that data. I think that's going to yep. be great. So let's let's continue down that path a little bit, Craig. In your mind, you know, what's the long-term view? And I know that's hard to do because especially it's, it's changing so fast, but what would, yeah. what would your long-term view of the impact of this this explosion be on real estate? I think it's going to change just about every aspect of real estate. Like there's that, there's that whole argument. Is it going to eliminate realtors? Is it going to do that? I don't think it's going to eliminate realtors, but I do believe that there's not going to be 1.5 million realtors in the, in the industry a few years from now. I think AI is going to create another level of super realtors who have way better customer service and way better communication because they're utilizing these tools. But I think every inch of real estate is going to change because of AI. The way we communicate with our customers, the way we market to them, just the day-to-day job of realtor, how listings are entered into the MLS is going to change, how properties are searched and found, the the the, uh, the process of an agreement, how long it takes to get closing, I think is going to completely change and be affected by AI. So I really do think it's going to change all, almost every inch of real estate. Craig, what you just said there just kind of kind of jogged my memory. You know, we seem to have forgotten a bit about blockchain and ledgers and smart contracts yeah. and all that great stuff. My guess is there's some way AI can help make that even easier for most of us. Is that true? Yes. Yeah. So several of our industry vendors, I'm sure you know some of the same people I know. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are talking about how they're actively working right now on how they can really leverage AI to expedite and streamline the transaction process and make it more secure all at the same time. Because I always say like the real estate industry in so many ways is still pretty archaic. Like we're still doing contracts, even though we're using stuff like smart contracts starting to seep in a transaction is still the same now as it was 20 years ago. And a typical transaction, I always say it's a miracle if you can get a a contract to closing in under 30 days, unless it's all cash, right? And the longer it takes for a transaction to happen and the more steps it has to go through, 
it opens up opportunities for cyber criminals to jump in for things like wire transfer fraud or just to manipulate the process because there's so many hands in the cookie jar. So a lot of our vendors are trying to figure out how we can streamline that process, eliminate some of those steps, reduce the amount of human involvement in, in the contract and underwriting and all these things, and basically just try to make the whole transaction more secure at the same time. Yeah. Craig, this has been amazing. I'm looking at the clock. Which, but we've got to move on to the next session. But first of all, if someone listening you know, is here in the room or someone listening to this on the real estate sessions wants to reach out to you, what's the best way they can do that? Pretty much. I mean, I would say either through the reti.us website. So it's just reti.us. There's a form at the bottom of the site. That's always a good way to contact me. Or if they're looking to possibly hire me as a speaker, there's my site, which is craiggrant.info. Awesome. Craig, first of all, I owe you big time for, for putting this together. And second, I am going to make sure that you and I connect and we do a regular episode where I'm going to dig deep in your <laughs> past. We're going to have some fun. And then we're going to talk good. about reti.us and a lot of other things. So it'll be very, that, that's coming. I just want you to be prepared for that. All right. Sounds good. Craig, thanks again for all your help today. This has been an awesome, awesome session, and uh, we will, I will talk to you soon. Okay, sounds great. Thank you for listening to The Real Estate Sessions. Please head over to ratethispodcast.com forward slash RE Sessions to leave a review or a rating and subscribe to The Real Estate Sessions podcast at your favorite podcast listening app. <laughs>